Longhorn fans, Sooner Nation, welcome to episode 55 of the Boomer Bebo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller. I'm John Whitson. Kevin finally has some decoration in his background of his YouTube video with a Spurs hat. And that's all we have from him. That is the extent of the um, swag that he's showing off. What's the word? The flair, if you're an Office Space fan from the late 90s, the flair that is being shown off by Kevin Miller, all we get from him is a Spurs hat. Do you not have anything else you can put up behind you when you record these podcasts hey man listen it's the content that matters all right well listen Wimbanyama. that's all i gotta say victor yeah. Wimbanyama. dude listen you know i'm fired up about Wimbanyama. i mean he's i mean this is what the spurs have always had they have always the last two times they had this pick it drastically changed the outlook of that franchise when they draft, well, the year before David Robinson arrived, they were 21 yeah, and 61. 80, no, 87. 96. Oh, you no, said David Robinson? David, David Robinson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think it was like, like, 87, 87, like 88 or 89. Yeah. The year before he arrived, 21 and 61. The next year with David Robinson, the number one draft pick that the Spurs had to wait on because he served in the Navy. They reversed it to 61 and 21, the single greatest turnaround by a franchise in NBA history. Record still stands. Then you take a Spurs team that had always kind of got to the got close, and then you added Tim Duncan with the number one pick, and then the rest was history with Popovich and Tim Duncan and and uh, all those great Spurs players. Hopefully, Ibn Yama can provide the same level of franchise changing trajectory because the Spurs absolutely need it. They really do, man. The Spurs the year before Duncan, they went 20 and 62. And then the next year with him, they went 56 and 26. Now, why were they so bad? Was Robinson hurt that year? Yeah, he hurt his back. And I think they were kind of tanking too. I think they, I mean, the, the injury was legit, but I think they wrote it out. They, you know, just shut it down for the year. See what we can do with getting this, this big guy from Wake Forest, and it worked out for him. Oh, man, the it's most, pretty crazy, man. The three times that they've only had seasons like this three times, and each time they end up with a monumental traffic. It's crazy. I, I listen. We're both Spurs fans. I know that normally we disagree on this show when we're talking to OU in Texas, but we're both huge Spurs fans. I'm excited about it. I think this is. I, I it's going to be interesting to see if Popovich sees this all the way through. Dude's getting old, man. He is. Yeah, I think he's – you would think he'd be ready to retire, right? But he can't retire now when he's about to get this generational talent. So, yeah, I mean, I think he'll have to say at least three years, right? I remember in the 90s, I was in high school, and uh, he was the general manager. He wasn't even the coach. He was the general manager. Yeah. I had the coach. Was it Greg Hill? Bob Hill. Bob Hill. I played basketball against Bob Hill's son. He, he went to Clark, had a great, had a great three-point shot. Um, they fired, he fired Bob Hill and inserted himself as the head coach. 
Spurs fans no, were not. Yes, we were. Oh, we were. They, oh, God, they we were, were not thrilled. They were not thrilled. And um, but obviously the rest is history. All right, hey, but thank you for the hat, Kevin. Thank you for getting this episode started. Um, news of the day as of Thursday, June first, twenty twenty-three. The SEC has announced that they will have an eight. Let me say that again. Eight game regular season schedule and every team is supposed to schedule a power five opponent for their ninth game and then they can backfill the other three games with whoever they have on a scale of one to ten how disappointed are you that the sec will only have an eight game schedule in its first season with oklahoma and texas I'd say about a seven or eight. I'm with you. I, I, it's a it's a high eight for me. I just can't believe it. It's the weakest thing in the world. You've got time to set it up. It's not like these teams have contracts with anybody they can't get out of. I just think it's weak sauce. I don't like it. I don't understand it. You have an opportunity to put a stranglehold on the sport of college football, which which is almost already there, but you've added Oklahoma and Texas. And it just seems really weak. And I got to tell you, the Power 5 opponent, we're only two years out of a Power 5 opponent. If you don't have one on your schedule, it's going to be kind of hard to get one. Does does Oklahoma have one? Would 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 that have been Georgia? I think, yeah, you guys would have had Georgia this year. Um, Georgia this year. I don't know who who we would have had next year. Who is Texas going to have in 24? Texas in 24, I believe they have – it's a big one. Let me see. See, as of right now, Oklahoma only has Temple and Tulane on the schedule and Texas, oddly enough. That's funny. Google has Texas on the schedule in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, Was we're they, scheduled to play at Michigan next year. In 24? 24. Well, I mean, you know, I guess if that's the case, Texas fans probably happy then you only have an eight-game SEC yeah, schedule. Colorado State, well, as of right now, I see Colorado State at Michigan and then UTSA. So you don't have to add – you don't have to add a Power 5 opponent because no. you already have one. You need to add just a, a filler opponent to, to get in there. Oklahoma has to add – a power five opponent. Maybe that's why Oklahoma fan. I, I mean, you tell me is Texas fan knowing now, if you see that, that realizing and remembering that you had Michigan, does that temper your disappointment that you only have eight games because you have a Michigan a on the schedule? Yeah, a little bit because you have such a big name and quality opponent too. I mean, Michigan has become one of the best programs in college football over the past few years under Harbaugh. But yeah, it makes it a little bit easier, but still, you know, you just want to play the best teams and, I think the, the college football playoff will still take a lot of SEC teams, and that strength of schedule will really wrap up. So even if you have a couple losses in the SEC, you can still get into the playoff. I think Oklahoma fan is much more disappointed because we don't already have a premier game on the schedule. Yeah. I don't know what was going to fall on the schedule, but I know we had Georgia lined up. We had LSU lined up. We had, we had teams lined up. We were going to have good non-conference opponents had we not gone to the SEC. Having gone to the SEC has eliminated a lot of the, 
a lot of those matchups that we've had. So it's going to be interesting to see who we backfill with. Um, I still think a nine-game schedule is not – I mean, you you scheduled Michigan knowing you were going to have a nine-game Big 12 schedule. I know that's radically different from an SEC schedule, but um, – Also, Texas has Ohio State scheduled in 25 and 26. Oh, really? And then you come back for Michigan after the year after that? Yeah, in, 20, yeah, in 27, Michigan comes to Austin. Let me ask you this. How much do you think Texas had to impact some of this scheduling then? They might have been on the side of keeping it at eight games. You know, Chris Del Conte said that he actually wanted the nine game. He would prefer the nine game. Oh, he did say that? Okay. Yeah, he did say that. Uh, he said it publicly. So. Well, all right. Okay. All right. So you're not as disappointed, but you've got some big names there that'll, that'll – Yeah, that's of- why. And if we if we had a weak non-conference yeah. schedule lined up, yeah, it'd be pretty disappointing. Yeah, dude. We've got Temple and Tulane. In 24. That's that's all. So we we need to fill that with a power five who's not already scheduled. Um and then a who would uh, you want? Just just hypothetically, what type of team? Because I mean, I don't know if you guys are wanting to play, you know. I think you'd want to play a big 12 team. I think it'd be fun. Big 12 team? Okay. I think you is it too soon for that? Um well, maybe, but it does, but it just makes a lot of sense. To, to fill it in with the Big 12 team. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what the SEC is calling the, a Power 5 anymore, but is the Pac-12 going to be a Power 5 after this I year? I think so. I think you you probably want to schedule a team that has a decent enough name to where it gets people's attention, but you know you can win, like an Arizona State or something like that, you know? I don't think that gets anybody. I don't think – there is – with the exception of Oregon and maybe Utah, uh-huh. and the reality is you don't want to play either of those teams, right? You don't want to play Oregon or Utah. no. Especially Utah. Uh, especially, but I mean, look at Lanny, dude. Lanny just had yeah. a big recruiting win with the Zadavion Sims against against us, the kid out of Durant. Um, so Oregon, Utah out of the Pac-12. Granted, I'll give them a, a lot of credit, but losing USC and UCLA, look, dude. I mean, Colorado te- going to be terrible. I don't. We and hope Colorado's up. looking at joining the Big Twelve. Well, it makes sense. It makes it sense if it makes sense if Colorado. The, I think we talked about this on the on the pod last time that I bet you Utah wishes they could, but BYU is going to block them. That's just my guess. Um, you're right. Maybe if we could play somebody out of the Big Ten, maybe Nebraska. Let's get Nebraska back on the schedule. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'd be da- I'd be down with that if we if we could get a home at home with Nebraska. Uh, that would be the kind of name I think that would that would fit and still enter the big 12, but nothing's going to compare with a Michigan and Ohio state on the lineup. That's pretty big yeah. time by Del Conte. Yeah. I'm excited, man. Um, I would like to go up to one of those schools. I know you went to Ohio state. No, you want to smack y'all smack the Buckeyes that year. You want to go to Ohio state. Um, there, it, it's a great trip. Great college town. Of course, I've never been to Ann Arbor, uh, but I would go if we were on the schedule. Absolutely. All right. So, that's the non-con. So now let's transition over to the in-conference play. So so the only thing we can pretty much guarantee is we thought there was a really good chance of there being pods. We've talked about this on the podcast in the past, who the pod partners were going to be, who was going to be the people that we played all the time, you know, the, the three teams or whatever. It's looking like that's not the case anymore with this eight game schedule. So you're probably only going to have the rivalry game. At least my guess is for the first two years. Um, 
that means Oklahoma will play Texas. Surprise, surprise. Absolutely. So outside of that, who do you who do you most want to see come to UT in the first scheduled home game in the SEC? Well, you know, I'd love for it to be Texas AM, but I don't think it'll work out like that. If they bring that one back, I think they'll have it late in the season on their rivalry weekend, the same weekend that the Thanksgiving weekend when you know Alabama and Auburn play and Florida, Georgia play. But I would love to see Tennessee. Really? Yeah, I would love that. I would absolutely love to play Tennessee. I've always liked their program. I think Hype was doing a fantastic job there, coming off a big bowl, win against Clemson. I don't know. I think he hasn't gone in the right direction. Um, yeah, I would just love it. It would be great. I would, I would like to see Tennessee. Man, that's just so cool to think about Tennessee going to Austin or Texas going to, to Knoxville. I mean, both of those, just saying it out loud just sounds awesome. I cannot wait. Uh, I, I like that. I think you're going to see A&M, but I agree with you. I think it's going to be later in the season. It's just impossible. It, they, they have to play A&M, right? Regardless Absolutely. of the policy. There's no they way to, that cannot happen. Do you think – do you think Oklahoma is going to avoid playing Missouri, or do you think we're going to have to play Missouri? Well, I hope you don't, because I, I just don't see the connection. I mean, I know it's a they were both in the Big Eight at the same time, but I mean, you have to you would know better than me. Was this an historic rivalry? It's not like Nebraska or anything was, like that, right? I mean, it was. In, well, first of all, in basketball, it was a great rivalry. Basketball was always a really big deal when Oklahoma and Missouri played. In football. Missouri would snap, you know, they'd step up and nip at us every once in a while, but not really, you know, not, not a, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't call it a rivalry. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know about the Switzer years, but I mean, with Gary Pinkle, they were pretty good, right? They would win the North a lot, but they would never beat you guys in the conference title game. Oh, who's right? the, never in the conference title game. They beat a number one Landry Jones team once. Uh, who was the kid? Was that Gabbard? No, it wasn't Gabbard. It was the kid before him that went on to oh, play Chase Daniel. No, oh, the kid Brad that went Smith? to play. Yeah, Brad Smith. I think I'm pretty sure he's no, the one Brad that beat Smith us. was before Chase Daniel, actually. No, it was who's Brad the, Smith, Chase Daniel, and then um, Blaine Gabbard. No, I feel like there was a kid in between Daniels and Gluck and Gabbard. I don't, I don't know, man. I thought it, I thought they went straight from. I mean. I thought they went straight from Daniel to Gabbard. Gabbard was a five-star recruit, if you remember that. Mm. I guess it could have been. I guess it could have been Blake Gabbard, but Blake Gabbard wasn't there in twenty. It would have been twenty twelve, maybe. In the same year that we won, same year that we won against Florida State. Okay. Twenty ten. Gabbert was there in twenty ten. I'm pretty sure he was. Why do I think it was Brad Smith? Did Brad? When no, was Brad, Brad, Brad Smith, Smith there? Was, yeah, that was Blaine Gabbert. Thirty six to twenty seven. Blaine Gabbert was thirty of forty two, three hundred eight yards and a touchdown. You can see yeah. I blocked. You can see I blocked that from my memory. Anyway, yeah. my point being is I don't really want to play Missouri. Um, I don't want to play South Carolina. Uh, I, whatever. I mean, I know that well. Beamer, co- okay, whatever. Beamer coach, show you. To me, that's not 
that's a nothing burger. No, Rattler will already, Rattler yeah. will already be gone. Um, we've played Tennessee recently in recent memory. I would love you guys to are see. supposed to play them during the COVID year, right? Tennessee was supposed to come to Norman. I'm pretty sure uh, in 2020 the game got canceled. Remember the non-con got canceled. Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe that's possible. Yeah, and that's probably to come to Norman. And that's probably the other game that should have been on the 24 schedule is the replay of the 20 of the Tennessee game. I, I but we played them in recent memory. I, of course, I would love a big name. I would love LSU or Bama or Georgia to show up, and maybe they will. But I, I think our best bet is probably like Arkansas or uh, Florida. That's who I think Oklahoma will play in their first home game in Norman. Is an Arkansas team Florida, or a Florida I mean, team? I think that would be fantastic. Be fantastic. Florida, the great fan base again. They'll bring a ton of fans to Norman. I think you'd just be a crazy atmosphere. I was very excited when Florida was rumored to be in our pod. I thought that was perfect. That was a team we yeah. could easily get behind hating, but they they were they're a quality program in all well, well in all their sporting um all their sporting teams, all their sports teams. They're a great, they're a good basketball team, good football team, gymnastics, baseball, you name it. Yeah, baseball they're, too. Yeah. They're really I mean, heck, golf. They were just in the national championship for golf or the match play anyway. Um, so yeah, they're they're really really good. Florida, I would love for it to be a Florida team. Missouri, man, I don't know. I don't want any part of Missouri. Yeah, it just doesn't. It just doesn't get you excited, man. And they, like we said, they had some good teams over the years, and they've had some good players for sure. But I don't know. It just doesn't. It just doesn't do it. No. It's not going to excite the fan base. It's no different than playing against a Big Twelve team, honestly. So here's the thing, man. With an eight game schedule, you got to figure that you're not going to have to run. They're not going to make anybody run the gauntlet of LSU, Alabama, and Georgia all in the same year. You That's wouldn't gonna, think so. You wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. I, that makes it, it um that makes it significantly uh significantly easier to navigate a, an SEC schedule if there's only eight only eight games. Because you figure you're going to play one of those big boys. Because they've got to fill in the seven other games. With, I mean, there's 16 teams, dude. So they have 15 games to slate you with. They they just they can't afford to give you all the big boys on your schedule. So that means, no. yeah, you're going to play out. You're going to play Alabama, but you're probably not going to play Georgia. And there's a good chance you don't play LSU. Okay, well that's great. So Florida's a team. Let's just use Oklahoma as the example. You got Alabama. That's you know depending on what that is. But then your your next best quality opponent's going to be Florida, Arkansas, Texas, A and M. The names sound good, but you know A and M went five and seven last year, right? Arkansas, eh, whatever. My point is much more navigable than if you had a nine game schedule where you with a nine game schedule you were almost guaranteed to play Alabama, Georgia, or LSU. In that schedule, if that makes sense, that adding that one more team in there, so mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see. You know, here's the thing that has always confused me about the SEC scheduling, right? So Texas A&M played their first SEC game. What was that? 2011 with Johnny Benzel. Remember that yes. when they played against Florida? Yes. They played Georgia one time. That's what. That's what I'm How saying. How does that man. happen? Well, that one that's time. my point. That's my point. 
That yeah. yes, you're you're first of all, it's crazy that they would schedule like that. Number two, that's my point. Like, it's really, really hard uh, to put the big boys all on one schedule. It just it yeah. rarely happens. Which okay, well, I guess, and I know they have more teams. Well, because remember they remember the old Big Twelve format. Remember how they yes, used to work? Well, they're talking. The only thing that would be different, yes, I do remember the Big Twelve format. The only thing which would be like a, but I think they're going divisionless. Okay. I think for this eight game schedule, they're going to go no divisions in the SEC. Yeah. So I don't know if that helps or hurts scheduling, but it's a lot to sort out, right? Because then you also have these historic rivalries that are going to want to try to keep, right? Like Alabama's going to want to play Tennessee every year, like they always have. Obviously, they're going to play Auburn. That's the main rivalry. But they also play Tennessee every year, even though they're in different divisions. Yeah, Tennessee was their guaranteed cross-division rival. Okay. LSU's cross-division rival was Florida. Okay, that makes sense also. And Uh, you have uh, Auburn and Georgia play every year, even though they're in different divisions. So so you had those guaranteed cross-division. So the hard part for the SEC – and it, to your point, it won't affect Oklahoma and Texas because we just have the one rivalry. But how do you maintain – like the SEC West, for example, has always been a juggernaut. Big time. Are what are we saying that Alabama and LSU won't have to play each other? Yeah, every year. Yeah. I mean, that's what it looks like, right? There's no way they could, right? Because they're already going to play Auburn. They have to play Auburn, you would think. Mm-hmm. They have to. You would think they would have to play Tennessee. That's going to be their two guaranteed games, at least the yeah. first two years. Yeah, uh, you're going to want them to play other teams. It's just going to be. It's, you're right. It's. It's. I know that it, for us looking looking in on it, it's it's an easy thing to figure out, or you know, or we can sit there and kind of try to figure it out, and it seems pretty straightforward. But it is going to be – it's going to be kind of icky for the for the SEC. They're going to feel weird, I think, that first time that schedule drops. For sure, yeah. I mean, it's always been the East and West, as I mean, far back as I can remember. They started the conference championship game in, what, 92, I believe, with uh, – I think Florida won the first one. It's Spurrier, so it's going to be an adjustment for sure. Um, In other news, the NBA Finals starts tonight. Kevin, do the number eight the number eight seed Miami Heat have any chance against the Denver Nuggets and Jokic? Well, man, you can't write off this Heat team, right? If they're number eight seed in the finals, I mean, you you talk about being battle tested, so they do have a chance. However, man, I, I just I don't see it happening. Okay, let me happen. let me ask you about the Heat. So you got the Miami Heat are. Who is the bigger contributing factor to them advancing to the finals? Jimmy Butler or Eric Spolstra? Jimmy Butler. You think Although so? Spolstra is a great coach, man. Yeah, I mean, he's just the emotional leader on the court, man. They, they just – he carries him from an emotional standpoint, and he just carries him on the court a lot of the times too. However, you know how I feel. I think Coach Spolstra, he, he – the best coach in the NBA. So now there was a sense when LeBron and D Wade and Bosch were there that Spolster was just kind of the kid they picked to 
open the gym and shut the gym down after practice, right? I mean, didn't you get yeah, that I think sense? at that time, he was pretty – yeah, he was brand new at the time. Can you imagine that, being a new coach? And it's like, hey, okay, we got D-Wade, and then now all of a sudden, hey, we're getting Chris Bosh. Okay, and we're getting LeBron James at his absolute physical peak. A lot for a young coach, man. He's done a great job. Well, he handled it well, two titles. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're Doc Rivers – I don't know that we can guarantee Doc Rivers is going to get two titles out of that team as much oh, I mean, as everybody. Doc, listen, Doc's a second round coach, right? I mean, he's proven that to us. He really he's has had some really good teams. That Clippers team in what was it, 2016? That was a really, really good team. And they well, blew that 3 1 lead to Houston. And what he did and what he did with the Celtics, only winning one title. Mm-hmm. They, they had they should have won more. That, that was a loaded Celtics team. Loaded. I mean, that yeah. team was uh-huh. loaded. Um, no, I think Spolster is proving that he might be the best coach. Is he the best coach in the league? Are we only oh, saying that because know, they made it? No, 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 no. He, he's been a great coach for years. And he's a great coach, man. And he coached Missoula off the floor in this last series. Did you see Missoula's getting a, he's retaining the job, though, at, at Boston? I did not know that. Yes. I, I wasn't sure. He, he will be back next year. He will be back next year. Um, that's a fascinating deal because – Clearly, they underachieved, right? Well, here's the thing, right? He wasn't supposed to be the coach, right? I mean, he was an assistant, and, you know, he wasn't even the lead assistant. He was in the second row. I don't know if you noticed last year. You know no. how you have, like, the coach, yeah. the main assistant right now? No, no, he's in the second row. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard he was uh, like, like Adam Joe. He's what Adam Sandler ended up in in Hustle. Did you see that movie? Oh, my God, Kevin. Yes. Oh, do I have to go on a tangent of all this stuff you refuse to watch on television? Hey, listen, I'm a busy man, all right? Look, dude, I don't I'm care. I'm busy dude. watching sports. Puzzle is sports. Pre- it's a sports No, no, film. I'm watching live sports. Prepping for the podcast. Puzzle, dude, it's so good. You got to watch Hustle. It is so good. It's one of Adam Sandler's best movies. And okay, it's just, so he's it, in the second row on this one. What you're saying? Not until the, the very end. He had, becomes he had, a coach. The whole deal, what his personal journey is that he wants to be a coach. He's a scout. Anybody, spoiler alert, if I, you know, whatever. He, he's a scout for the majority of the movie, but he doesn't want to be a scout. He doesn't want to be out on the road. He doesn't want to be going to Europe and all these other places. He wants to be coaching. And it takes him to the very end to walk out onto the floor and sit on the, you're right, on the second row yeah. uh, with, with Doc Rivers and the 76ers. So, yeah, so even Yudoka gets fired, he well, becomes a head coach. I don't think he was ready for it, you know? Well, I mean, they did, ra- they did rally to get it back to a game seven. That is absolutely true. And Tatum did get hurt on the first play of the game. It's literally the first minute. Like their first offensive possession, he rolled his ankle. He was never the same. Did Jalen Brown have money – on the Miami Heat with the points. Man, he struggled, man. It was it was hard to watch. I don't understand. I, this dude is so talented. Why can't he dribble the basketball? I was driving home from Flagstaff on Memorial Day, and I was able to catch pretty much the entire second half on the radio. It's a bit of a flex, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's yeah. a twelve hour a twelve hour drive by Google, and I made it in eleven hours and thirty eight minutes. No, I'm talking That's about cool. the fact that you, you you spent Memorial Day in Flagstaff. That's a bit of a flex Dude, there. So. What's unbelievable about Flagstaff and Sedona, by the way, where I played golf? That's another flex for the golfers out there. The crazy part is, for three days, Kevin, I did not see a cloud. Like, not even like a little puffy cloud or a really nice little cloud or a high altitude kind of like strato cloud or whatever. No clouds. Bright blue skies. It was fantastic. The air feels so good. I literally am driving home. I cross the Texas panhandle into Oklahoma, and all of a sudden the clouds have just come back. And it's just like, you've got to be kidding me. Obviously, you know, if – for people that are curious, we just went through a crazy rainstorm here in uh, Norman and Moore just about an hour before taping this. The clouds are insane. Flagstaff, Arizona, not a cloud in the sky. It was fantastic. Anyway, my point is Doris Burke. By the way, what do you think about Doris Burke? When she oh, she's me? great. Oh, I, I actually really I like look, her. No, I look forward to when she calls games. She is a yeah. solid, solid analyst. And she was the analyst for the radio call. Okay, so I I heard Doris Burke. She was out of her mind with how bad Jalen Brown was playing in that game. He was like one for 11 for three-point line and had 11 turnovers. I mean, good Lord, Kevin. What in the – I mean, can you even imagine that? No, I can't. And the the crazy thing about his turnovers are that a lot of them aren't even forced. He's just dribbling the ball off his own foot. He no. cannot handle the ball. It's insane with the guy with his talent level. The way you're describing it makes me think of like a really, really athletic kid in middle school that just is bigger and stronger than the other kids, but just hasn't quite figured out how to communicate with his hands yet. Yeah. And that's what it sounded like she was describing. Like he's up and down the court, you know, doing this, but then. Oh, he lost another one. He lost another one. Missed another shot. Missed another. It's like, dude, stop shooting threes. Yeah. Like, that's where I don't know if Spolstra would have been able to do that as a coach, but Missoula, you just wish he would have said, dude, listen, you stop. Just stop. Yeah. You don't have it. A, pass the ball, stop dribbling, and B, stop shooting threes. Well, Ime Udoka would have. What's that? The coach that they fired. Ime Udoka, their coach from last year who got fired for yeah. their off the court stuff. He would have told him stop shooting threes. Yeah, I think stop so. Shooting threes, man. Yeah, uh huh. Just cut stop. to the basket. We'll find you and just dunk it, lay it up. Use your uh, athleticism. Uh, and he, he seems to not be as dominant of a defensive player as he was a couple years ago. So I don't know. He was second team All NBA this year. But I'm just well, curious: is that a result of you know there were a lot of guys that were hurt? I typical think, forwards. Kawhi was hurt. Paul George was hurt. Kevin Durant was hurt most of the year. I think what happens with a lot of players is when they're establishing themselves in the league and trying to get that second contract, third contract situation, they will play all out on both ends of the court, offense and defense. But once they feel like they've arrived, only the really, really, really great players can keep it up on both ends of the court, i.e. Jordan, LeBron, Kawhi. You know, th- those those next-level players. Because, like, Jordan – I mean, you look at Jordan. What was Jordan? 10-time all-defensive first team or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, it, but but a guy like him, he just reminds me of – oh, I don't even know. I'm trying to think. But there's players like that that, like, come up through the league. They're they're really, really good defensively. But then they start getting to shoot the ball, and then they get started to get 
the points, and then they start getting the accolades. And defensively, it's like, yeah, you're not really the shutdown player that you want to be. That's kind of where yeah. I feel like Jalen Brown's falling into. Yeah, and it's interesting though, right? Because if you're Boston, do you think that he can get better? Or do you think he's reached his peak, at least with this group? Also, you have to remember, I don't know if you remember this, but he was in these trade rumors for KD. And it seems like once that happened, he, he, you know, I think he was upset about it. And his play kind of fe- uh, fell off a little bit after that. They're going to have to figure this out because he's now eligible to sign a five-year contract. It's five years, $295 million. He's not that player. He's not that yes. player. That's a bad contract. And I don't think the Celtics will sign it. I don't think they will, do you? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They, they have to figure it out because, you know, if you move him, right, say you trade him to another team, maybe for one of these high draft picks where the draft is coming up, that might be a good move for them, but it sets you back in your current trajectory, right? They were in the finals last year. They've been in the conference finals for three out of the last four years, and it'll be considered wasting Jason Tatum's prime years, one of Jason, one or two uh, Jason Tatum's prime season. So it's a it's a big decision they have to make. And they got to get it right, man. Right. <laughs> Whatever they decide, they got to get it right. That's enough talk about the team that didn't make the finals. Um, does Jokic win in five? Is that what we're saying? Yes. Maybe six, but probably five. He's on another level right now. We're just seeing this crazy ascension from him. He's always been good, but now he's becoming elite. And if he wins this, I think he's already becoming one of the you know, top 20 even 15 players of all time. He's averaging triple doubles. It's an, it's insane, man. He's the best player since LeBron in the late 2000 teens, right? I mean, not even yes. close. Yes. I mean, I like we, – we had this conversation at the beginning of the playoffs. We both liked Embiid, but I think after watching the two play, there's a clear leader on who's a better player. I mean, he's just a better right. player. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to take a minute to shout out our title sponsor, Brown O'Haver, adjusted for the insured. Brown O'Haver works for the insured, not the insurance company. They help you get more money in your pocket from an insurance claim. That insurance claim could be for the tornadoes that have just occurred here in Oklahoma. It could be for a fire claim, theft, vandalism, whatever the case. Anything you can file an insurance claim on. Brown O'Haver can help you get more money more quickly. We typically get our clients 30 to 40% more than they get on their own. If you have suffered a loss, specifically a tornado loss in the last eight weeks, if you haven't been paid yet, it's time to be getting paid. You need to call Brown O'Haver. If you hear your friends or your neighbors or your cousins complain, I haven't been paid from the insurance company, they're really being buttholes or whatever the case may be. Tell them to call 405-735-5510. Talk to Brown O'Haver. Let us get them or you more money more quickly. We've got a crazy list of customers. We can put you in touch with anybody. Um, Any of our clients are happy to tell us how we've helped. We can put you in a very similar situation, uh, whether it's been a tornado claim or a fire claim, a house, business, whatever. And they can tell you what we did for them so you can feel 100% confident in hiring Brown O'Haver to adjust the insurance claim for you, not the insurance company. Kevin, softball, Texas did not make the world uh, Women's World Series. It sucks missing out on Mike White griping about having to play in Oklahoma City as if this is some 
brand new revelation in softball that has never occurred before. He acts like that Oklahoma has the, the reason Oklahoma is so great is because they have a home field advantage, except for that home field advantage has only been here for like 40 years. He's out of his mind. He deserved to lose to Tennessee. And I'm glad he's not in this tournament. How do you feel about Mike White, your softball coach? Hey, he's fine. He's a villain, though. And villains are good for the sport, man. Oh, he's got to have villains. Is he like, is he Australian or Tasmanian or New Zealand or something? He's got, yeah, he's got a weird accent. Movie. Yeah, I'm not sure where he's from. I just remember he was at Oregon before he came to Texas. So that's all I know about him. I don't think it's racist to say someone's from Australia, is it? I don't know. I wouldn't think so. I mean, you just I have an accent so. that sounds Australian, so. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. I'm checking. I'm checking my woke. This is my woke Texas friend, Kevin Miller, over here. He keeps me That's a bit straight. Of a he keeps me straight. He's basically linked to the woke capital of the world, Austin, Texas. Oklahoma, on the other hand, just won their first game in the world, women's college world series. Uh, outlasting Najiri Kanadi, who just was a beast of a pitcher. She uh, was the freshman pitcher of the year for the NCAA. She threw a rise ball that our girls could not hit for the life of them, except for one. Billy Bowman's girlfriend, Jada Coleman, had a great hit in the bottom of the fifth inning to put Oklahoma up 2 uh, uh, uh Utilizing Jordy Ball and her arm, she continued to just shine as a player and pitched a shutout. 2-0 win, and we actually go face the Tennessee Lady Volunteers who ousted Texas in the Super Regional. So there you go. There's the symmetry. The symmetry of sports, Kevin. All I know is you guys are going to be hard to beat, right? What is this, 49, 50 straight wins? Something like that? Uh, 48, 49 straight wins. 49 straight wins as of today. Pretty, um, pretty insane, man. How about that 48th win? Were you watching well, that? Okay, I was at home. <laughs> I was cutting my grass, and I came inside. It was on, and I saw that you guys were down by, was it three runs in the seventh inning? And I was like, eh, they'll probably still win. And I went back and started uh, <laughs> I kept working on my lawn, came back in, and it was in the ninth inning, and you guys were up. It was about the night you guys were up by two or three runs. So. Oh, my gosh. I didn't see a- it. That's the, that's probably the best story I've heard about where were you when when Oklahoma when Kenzie Hansen hit the three one run shot to tie it in the bottom of the seventh is I was mowing my yard I came in saw you were down and figured you'd still win so I went back to mow my yard that is awesome yeah you know, I mean listen there's levels to this first yeah. of all do you, have, do you have any pictures of your yard you can put up here on the YouTube stream I don't have them right now I don't okay, but well, uh, we, my computer's not uh, synced with my phone but um, maybe for next time we can. That was a long care discussion if anybody's interested in that. I'm interested in it because this man, Kevin Miller, has a fantastic yard. He uh, he uses the real mower, right? R-E-E-L? Yeah. Correct. He uses the real mower. Um, he mows his yard as often as he goes to the barber. Am I right? Like, it is yeah, – Way more often than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is a yeah. tight, tight every yard. Two, every two or three days in, in the summer. Do y'all hear that, folks? Every two or three days, he, um, yeah. his wife Casey bought him a sign that said "Yard of the Month" just to make sure that he was properly rewarded for it, and it was well deserved. 
it looks fantastic. Uh, my yard's struggling. I got the uh, I got those dead patches, so we might need to talk a little bit about that. All right, Oklahoma baseball, Texas baseball, both in the regionals, both had disappointing Big Twelve tournaments. Oklahoma did get an early win against Oklahoma State. Texas yeah, lost twice. Kansas won a game, you know. Um, Texas, y'all thought you were going to probably you thought if you had a good showing in the Big Twelve, you could have snuck a one seed out of a regional, but right. yes, unfortunately, you get to go to Miami in june which to me just sounds like crazy hot right yeah it sounds crazy humid especially oh yeah. my god uh you've got louisiana no stranger to the humidity they're gonna be per- they're gonna be at home uh and then maine who knew maine even had a baseball team yeah seriously man okay don't look it up don't look it up i have not looked it up maine what 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 is i have what no idea maine? no clue yeah all right, hold on. I'm gonna look it up. You don't look it up. I won't. Oh my gosh! Here we go. Let's see. I can't even be right. The Black Bears. Okay, University of Maine Black Bears. Okay. Bananas T Bear is their mascot. They're so they're called the Bears, and their mascot their um, you know, whatever is a stuffed bear called Bananas T Bear. That is fascinating. Hey, they must be decent at baseball, right? I guess there's a four seed in this uh, in this region. So, yeah, we'll see, man. I got to tell you, first of all, I'm usually pretty good at collegiate namings. You know, like nicknames or team names. Like I'm usually. Yeah. Can come like you know, like Vermont catamounts, you know, what you know, whatever the case may be. I had no That's idea. Have impressive. you ever? Well, I had a buddy who played basketball at Vermont, okay. and he. The only time uh, I ever saw him was uh, they showed a highlight in a in, in an ESPN top ten, and this would have been like oh one when uh, when top ten when the top ten really mattered. Remember when ESPN top yes. ten like really mattered? Oh yeah, you look forward to it. It's the best part of the show. He got dunked on by an Ohio State player. Oh man! But they were the Vermont Catamounts. But so. the good thing for him is it was an O one before the internet, so you'd have That's to dig pretty deep to find that clip now. That's correct. I don't know if you would. That yeah, you'd have to get into the archives of like ESPN and anyway, uh, Maine Black Bears, fantastic. Okay, so you're going to open against Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, my brother Jacobs alma mater. Um, let me tell you a little bit about Louisiana. Those people are psychotic, okay? And LSU fan, who we will play, each of us respectively, at some point in the SEC, like we know how psychotic they are, right? I mean, they're – Yeah, I mean, Texas just played them a few years ago in 2019, and I know you guys have had some games against them, had them in the Natty back in yeah. after the 03 season. They're, they're terrible, horrible people, okay? So you take the terrible, horrible, psychotic um, Cajun – Okay, and then you add an inferiority complex, a little brother complex, a we get no respect complex to the mix, and you get the University of Louisiana Raging Cajuns. That's what you get. So everything else that's horrible, then you add psychological inferiority to it, and they are just, they're off their rockers, my brother included. They're insane. 
I know. You know, they so, had a pretty good football program with Billy Napier a few years ago, right? But now he's at Florida, so yeah, I don't know what they're going to be able to do now. I know Louisiana beat Louisiana beat, softball has always been really good. They beat um, LSU this year, this year in the um, in their not their super regional, but in their regional where they had and they were all mad because they had to go play at LSU and why do we have to go play at LSU and we hate going to play at LSU and so they got their chip on their shoulder and they beat them. My point being is Louisiana people are psychotic. And um, I, it's just been recently that ESPN finally acknowledged that Lafayette needed to be dropped from, from Louisiana, though, isn't it? Was that the NCAA or was that their deal, right? They just they want to be called the so University Louisiana, of Louisiana? Louisiana dropped it, like, maybe when my brother was in school, like 10 years ago. It was UL. Yeah, but ESPN refused to acknowledge it. They kept oh, calling them Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah, they kept yeah. calling Louisiana Lafayette and you la la. Yeah, and they just they even like on the scroll and stuff, and it would just drive back to that inferiority complex, right? It would drive my brother insane. It would make him so mad. Anyway, that's what that's what you play. So I don't know what's going to happen. Texas. See, let me explain this psychologically. We're in the 45th minute of the Boomer Bebo podcast, so we're getting into some psychology here. Texas lives in a world of superiority complex with absolutely no foundation of success to base that on, right? Louisiana lives in a world of an inferiority complex. So the the clash of these two programs, the clash of these two programs is going to be just... um, it's going to be psychological warfare, and I'm quite honestly. We're talking baseball. Together. Texas is literally the best program in NCAA history. Is that true? Yes. Oh yes. Let's ask, let's ask Google. Who is the best college? Who is the best college baseball program? Let's see what it says. Top 10. This is what was in. This was in 2022. Well, that's close enough. Okay. All right. Let's see. Let's go look at our answers. Vanderbilt. Dude, you're not even in that. You're number 12. What are you talking Bro. about? Come on, man. What are you talking about? You're number 12. We have the top winning percentage in the history of the sport. That me or you? Sorry, apologize. Oh, I said we have the top, the best uh, winning percentage in the history of the sport, and I don't think anybody's been to the College World Series as many times as Texas has. I did not know this. In six nineties. Hmm. Those are all pretty compelling numbers. It doesn't make me think you suck any less, but pretty compelling numbers. All right, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, on the other hand is going to Charlottesville, Virginia to take on, uh, to open with East Carolina University in the Virginia-hosted regional. Their regional includes Virginia, uh, ECU, East Carolina, and Army. I don't know. OU's a three seed. They've had some ups and downs this year. Obviously, we're a good, we got a good coach. Made it to the, you know, World Series, um, final series last year. It'll just be interesting to see. We came out of Virginia Tech last year, so maybe we like playing in Virginia. That's probably maybe a hope. I don't know that anybody's 
super fired you know, up about our prospects. It's interesting with both of these teams, right? Because it was supposed to be rebuilding teams for both. Because I think both teams got really hit hard by losses, just losing really good players, right? To yeah. the to the draft or just graduation. So I think Texas was expecting this to be a rebuilding year. So to you know potentially have to tie for the conference championship at least during the regular season, right? Have a chance to make a run here. It's to me, it's a win. Same with OU. Yeah, I mean, look, it's 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 play it's it's the playoffs, right? It's the tournament. So all you got to do yeah. is just win the game that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, OU, OU as a program and as a group of players is not scared of Virginia, East Carolina, or Army. I mean, that is not like just hearing those names. I'm sure Virginia is better than I'm making them out to be. But just hearing those names as a casual sports fan, OU yeah, is not like LSU or Vanderbilt, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Arkansas. We're not we're not freaking nope. out over over who we're having to play. By the way, how about the SEC and as a baseball conference when we get there? Oh, they're loaded, dude. That's gonna be fun. They're loaded. They're loaded at baseball. They're loaded at soft. We just got done talking about softball. They're loaded at softball, obviously. Um, listen, they're loaded at everything they do. They did not make. Um, OU and Texas fizzled out in the national golf championships. Both schools made it to the uh, stroke play of the national championships, but neither advanced to match play. Um, so that kind of sucks for both teams. I know both of them expect to do really to be in that final eight almost every year. But um, I was watching North Carolina and who did they play? Georgia Tech in the championship match. And um, I don't know. Those were the, the powder blue and the gold were very muted colors. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody yeah, stood you, out. Yeah. You usually like the Carolina blue, but I mean, it looks better on the basketball court. Yeah. On the golf course, they really washed these guys out. You know what I mean? They, yeah. It was just a really washed out look. Um, same thing with the Wake Forest gold. Like it was fine, but, you, you know, You'd like to see like Tiger back in the day, always played for Stanford. Now I know I like red, but that was that Cardinal red just stood out really yeah, good. It's a different, different shade. Um, obviously, when Texas and, and Oklahoma are there, they're usually wearing their 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 dark yeah. uh, you know, um, home colors, home football colors. I don't know. The powder blue, the powder blue is you're right. Basketball, wintertime, indoors, contrasted against like a, a wooden floor, you know, a wood gym floor. It really it can it can be really nice on the golf course in this I don't know yeah. I, I just don't think it this is my fashion advice for the day I just don't think it worked I didn't love it fair enough um what else we got going on Kevin what else is going on in the world of Kevin Miller well you know we didn't talk about one thing we didn't talk about is the ESPN quarterback list I mean they put out their list of the top quarterbacks since two thousand I think we talked about that last time no it wasn't out then. Really? We talked about it on um, on the K Rep. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It wasn't out then. Uh huh. Yeah. So you heard about this list, right? Yes. And they put Baker Mayfield at number one. Correct. What did you think about that? I don't know what you thought. I said that you're right. I did. I that's you're right. I did talk about it on the radio, and that's where I'm mis uh, misremembering. I made the case that um, as a career goes for three seasons plus his undefeated wins at Texas tech. So three and a half seasons, those were the best three and a half seasons by a quarterback in that time period. Right. I mean, he was really, 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 really good. 
He was really good. He finished fourth in the Heisman voting, third in the Heisman voting, and then first in the Heisman voting. I mean, that's just that's an incredible run. And it speaks to a level of high performance, high consistency. And let's face it, you Baker was a player. Now, the other argument I made, however, was for a single season, Joe Burrow was the best quarterback on that list. His numbers were unbelievable in 2019. He was. He was, man. But I don't know, man. You know how I feel about Cam Newton's season at Auburn. Just because Joe Burrow had some, I mean, three stud receivers, right? And two of them are probably the top two receivers in the NFL already. Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. I think, honestly, the two best receivers in the NFL. Yeah, they're really good. And again, I love Joe Burrow. I think the problem with Cam Newton is he falls victim to the perception that he's because he's bigger and stronger and faster than everybody else that he doesn't really get to count. Man, but, but you know what nobody I'm, else. I, I, do, I, I hear you. You know what I'm saying, though, right? When, yeah. when the guy's bigger and stronger and faster, I mean, he could run over. I mean, I remember that. They were down 21 nothing against Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Yeah. And, and he again, brought them all the way back all, single-handedly. Yeah. yeah. And, again, not one player on that team played in the NFL other than Nick Fairley, who was a defensive tackle. None of those running backs played? No. No, nobody had a caught a pass. He was the only player that had a carry, that caught a pass, anything. You know what, dude? He, I will say this. I never liked Cam Newton. And when he got to the pros, I didn't like him. And he played terrible in the one Super Bowl he made. He was terrible in that Super Bowl. Yeah, he struggled with that. He was dude, jump on the fumble, opinion. bro. Jump on the fumble, bro. Jump on the yeah. fumble. Don't stare at him. jumped on the fumble. Don't stare at it and just expect somebody else is going to get it. Or I'm, I, what was going through that guy's mind? Was that one of the weirdest plays you've ever seen? It was, it was very weird, especially this in that was, moment. This was week three against yeah. the, against Jacksonville, right? Where nobody yeah. cares if you get on the ball or not, right? You're where everybody can justify. Well, you know, you're the, you're yeah, the, you want to get a shoulder pop. Or whatever. Yeah. This is the Super yeah, Bowl. Super like Bowl. you got to get on the yeah, ball. That was weird. Let but me listen, ask you, man. Where was Vince Young at in that list? Vince Young was third on the list. Vince oh, Young was third. Who was third? Who was second? Cam was second. Oh, okay. Burrow was yeah. like fifth? Um, we got, okay, so Baker, Cam, Vince Young, Tebow was fourth. He had an amazing career. Joe Burrow was fifth. He did. He had a better career. I mean, honestly, you can compare his career with Baker Mayfield. And he's got the natty. He's played on two natty. Oh teams. no, I know. He was a contributor, contributor on one, and then the starter on the second one. Listen, dude, I I fell into like I was I got caught up in the Tebow hype when he was playing with Denver. I never got caught. I mean, it was fun to watch. But I never got caught up. Well, there. remember that playoff game when they go to overtime and then he scored. Yeah. They scored the touchdown and. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, rest in peace. Man, I can't believe that guy passed away. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so listen, dude, I, I I get it. I I just I can't I can't say he was he was he might be the best football player on the list just because he just did all of those intangible things. But as a quarterback goes, Vince Young at third. I mean, what yeah. do you think? Where where as far as singles, if if you could only take their their best season. Do you think Vince Young passes Cam Newton and and uh, Baker? 
You know, yes, his 2005 passes up, in my opinion, anything that Baker did because he won a national championship and they were undefeated. It doesn't pass up Burrow, though, does it? Um, he, I mean, look, Texas had talent, but not that kind of talent, especially the receiver position, right? I mean, Jamal Charles was a true freshman on that team, right? Again, again, I love Joe Burrow, but he had just some studs there. He had yeah, but Terrence Marshall with a second. He is. I guess that's. Yeah, I guess the problem. I guess that that yeah, that's kind of my my the corollary to my argument is that he's then backing it up in the league. Yeah, right. He's been the best out of all these guys in the NFL. Although Cam yeah. was a unanimous MVP, let's not forget that. And went fifteen and one, unanimous MVP. Man, is what it is. Same with Lamar Jackson. People say you know Lamar Jackson. He was eighth on the list, by the way. Unanimous well, MVP. All, I always thought Lamar. I, Lamar Jackson's a very weird NFL player, though. I mean, you'll grant me that. Like, he's yeah. kind of schizophrenic. When he's on, he's the best quarterback in the league. Like, he's unstoppable. Yeah. But when he's off, it's like, dude, you don't, you can't throw the ball. Like, what's I want to see – yeah, I want to see how he looks. They got a new coordinator. They got the, the guy who was Georgia's offensive coordinator last year. He's going to be their offensive coordinator for the Ravens this year. Where did Kyler Murray end up on the list? Uh, Kyler was seven. I'm telling you. You know, I've said this. I think Kyler is better than Baker. If I had one game to go win and I had to take an Oklahoma quarterback and maybe and maybe any quarterback on that list in college, in college, which I know is a different skill set than the pros, I I think I'm taking Kyler Murray. I think oh, I'm taking no. Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to convince me. I told you before. I think I think he's the best OU quarterback I've ever seen. He's unbelievable. I, Kyler Murray. Baker, Baker had a historically good career. He did. I just don't know if I could say he's the best quarterback to play college football since the year 2000. He's had the best career, though, man, because of the three and a half years, the longevity of the career. Do you, you not give him any credit for that? No, in fact, no. He did it three years. He made two college football playoffs. Made two college football playoffs and won a New Year's Six Bowl. Finished as high in the Heisman count as he did. Well, I guess you. I mean, can you put him over Tebow with that argument? Who was a four or was a three year starter at Florida? Played in two national championship games. Won it in 08. Uh, won the Heisman. Also was a finalist in uh, in 08. Not sure if he was in 09. So well, yeah, but but, but Baker's numbers were way better. That sure. I think that's. I think you're right. I mean, I think he, Tebow wins. With, I mean, Tebow gets a lot of that credit. I don't, I don't want to, do, you know, knock him down for that. Uh, at the end of the, I mean, you're taking Vince Young, right? If you had to go win one game. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, I'm taking Kyler Murray. I'm taking Kyler Murray, and I would roll the dice. I, I mean, dude, listen, he played on an Oklahoma team that had nobody on defense. Nobody. That was probably our worst defensive team in a very long time. Yeah, you had a young Kenneth Murray. Um, who else did you have? You had Trey Norwood, maybe, who went on to the pros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys that could yeah, play the talent, but they were terrible. There was almost a mute. There was almost a mutiny at halftime because of Mike yeah, Stoops I mean, calling the plays. Yeah, you fire your defensive coordinator during the middle of the season, and technically, I'm a Texas fan, so I know all about that. You know, they Texas fired Manny Diaz halfway during the season in 2011. So that list is fascinating. Um, it is. 
I, Let me just run. I'm going to run through the top 10 real quick. All right. So, okay, Baker at one, Cam at two, Vince Young third, Tim Tebow at four, Joe Burrow at five, Deshaun Watson six, Kyler at seven, Lamar Jackson at eight, Marcus Mariota at nine, and then RG3 at 10. Um, I really thought Mariota was a good player. He doesn't just, he's properly he ranked. He's he properly great. ranked, but he was a very good player. RG3 is an interesting one on that. I mean, he won the Heisman, but yeah. he's not on he's not on your list of guys you would go try to win a game with, is he? I don't think so, but man, he remember how bad Baylor. I think it, it he's on my list because of how bad Baylor was when he got there. They were terrible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can go to the Texas versus Baylor game in Waco easily. It was really hard to get t- tickets in Austin, but if you wanted to go see Texas play, yeah, oh. just yeah, go see Oklahoma. Baylor and Waco. There was always more Oklahoma fans at, at, at Waco than there were. Same. The Waco old boy yeah, Casey Stadium. Stadium. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that was a it was a guaranteed win. It's and it's not anymore. He's 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 a big reason for for that. I don't know. Hope McCoy twelve, by the way. And the fans were upset because Johnny Manziel was only thirteen. Um. Johnny Manziel, I think he was better than RG3. I would have put that of RG3. Here's the thing, right? You can say a lot of bad things about Manziel, but, God, he was fun to watch. He was was so fun fun to watch. The reality, though, and I've said this before, Mike Evans is the reason he won a Heisman. Yeah. But, man, he was electric, though. I mean, his ability to escape pressure and just make things happen. I know he threw it out to Mike Evans. I would put Manziel. Well, look what he did against Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl that year. My God. I mean, he yeah. just destroyed us. He absolutely destroyed us. It was – he did was – people were laughing at Oklahoma's defense after that game. Yeah. Uh, I would put Manziel in the top ten, and I would drop RG3. Okay. Fair enough. But I don't think RG3 – I'm not knocking down RG3. And That's much, the thing. You're just like, bumping I'm, up somebody else. If I'm a and fan, I think the first time – the first time in the history of the Boomer Bebo podcast – on June 1st, 2023, one hour and two minutes in, I'm going to say AM fan might have a point. Manziel probably should have been in the top 10 quarterbacks in the 21st century. I guess so. You know, he did only play two years. He redshirted that first year, played the two years, and then went to the NFL. So maybe if he had a little bit more longevity. Maybe if he wouldn't have done, maybe if he wouldn't have done meth in the NFL, people would like him more and he would be higher up on random lists. He, he had some issues in the league for sure. And same the same with Kyler, right? Like Kyler's seventh. He only started one year. So that just shows you how magical he was that year. Um yeah, it was about midway through Kyler's season. Maybe right like kind of around the Texas game, either right before or right after, where it dawned on us, oh my goodness, he's gonna leave, isn't he? Yeah. Like like you didn't expect him to go pro. Because it was only his, it was only his junior year, whatever red shirt or whatever junior. Year. So he had another year of eligibility. So you expected him. Hey, you're leaving out a big point. Remember, he just been a first. He just been drafted, and that was you're exactly right. That you're exactly right. And 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 the question was, is he going to play college football or was he going to go play baseball? Yeah. He was like, you know what? He, he talked to the A's. I just want to play one year of college football. 
They was like, all right, cool, go play one year college football, then you come here with us after that. He threw for 4,361 yards and then ran for 1,478. Are you kidding me? And I don't think he ever got tackled. No. It seems like he always avoided contact with him. Even in the pros, even in the pros, his injuries haven't been because somebody blasted him. He he just he he senses it like nothing I've ever seen in terms of contact. Kevin. I'm glad you brought that list up. That's a great conversation, especially in the summer when we're less than 100 days away from college football. Let's go, man. Countdown's on. I'm fired up. Uh, Kevin, enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy game one of the NBA playoffs. Enjoy watching. Enjoy mowing your yard while the Oklahoma Sooners win another softball championship. And uh, Boomer. Welcome.